Hello and welcome to episode 25 of the Two Indie Authors podcast with me, Robert Enright. And me, David B. Lyons. Today is part three of our deep dive into marketing, Rob. Mm -hmm. Having already swam in the platforms that are Facebook and Amazon ads, the two indie authors today will discuss other means of marketing that are open to us in the authors. Uh, we will also be tackling an interesting mailbag question sent in by one of you awesome listeners about the craft of writing novels. And later in the podcast, Rob and I will be blessed with the company of another author from the promised land when multi-genre novelist Mary T. Bradford joins us from the west of Ireland to face our seven questions. Oh. However, we shall begin, Robert, as we always do, by discussing the week that was. So what have you been up to since we last podcasted mm, well first thing i'm going to say is i'm shocked at how many authors we seem to find from ireland yes <laughs> well it, it's a it's a country of authors isn't it it's... a country of writers <laughs> um <laughs> what have i been up to last week um i'm waiting for my edits back from emma they're with her for my book that's coming out at the end of this month um i think mm -hmm. they'll, they're due back over the next within the next week Great. Um, but I've I've carried on with the other book that I just started writing. So I'm like six, seven chapters in. I'm like nearly like fifteen to twenty thousand words in. Wow, you're flying! Great yeah, stuff. It's, it's way ahead of schedule. But again, it's you know the idea was there. It was so fresh, and I was so excited about it that yeah. I just really helped. Again, it just turns. Well, why why wouldn't I start it? Like if it's there and it's in my head and it's ready to go. Yeah. Um. And and also what's good is as I've been writing this, it's given me an option to do like another spin-off from the Sam Pope oh, series. Right. If so I would creativity like creativity is growing, yeah. Yeah, so and it would be a slightly different so the other spin off I want to do is like a detective series. This one would be more like a spy thrillerish type series. Oh, so it would slightly it, it, it... Similar genre, but a different tone. Yeah, it wouldn't be like a yeah. you know one man army action hero. It'd be more mm -hmm. figuring stuff out. Yeah, a bit investigative, yeah. bit tense, that type of thing. Oh, but, um, nice, sounds good. But yeah, so it's, it's it's good at the moment. I've got quite a lot of, like like creative fireworks going off in my head, and it's so it's Great. a it's a good place to be in. Um, yeah. so that that's writing wise. Um, some other things we have to take care of. It's year end of the financial year, so. I've got a meeting with my accountant um, just to go over some bits. Um, I had my book bub the weekend for. Oh, how did that go? It was, it was all right. Um, it's just all right. What was that for? Was that book one? No, that was for one by one, which was the first book oh, I ever yes. wrote. Yeah. Just the standalone. Um, it covered its cost. Um, it wasn't an international one. So right. I didn't have the US. When you get the US, that's the that's the golden ticket because that's yeah. like where it is. But it covered its cost. But um, I, I probably hoped for a little bit more, especially as it was the first of the month. So it'd be like, oh, what you know, if I could have yeah. smashed a, a great day off the first day of the month, that's always good. And then I've just spent the last couple of um, days overhauling my web. I think I put it in the Facebook group that the my website was down, which is where we hold the... Um, resources that we give to our listeners like the good right. to checklist the sales tracker um, yeah so I have had to take that down because I've revamped my website so that should be going up over the next couple of days so I'll let everyone know when it's available so they can still download stuff if they need to oh that sounds sexy so a whole um, facelift on the website yeah basically nice. I looked at my website <laughs> um, I've I got a few ideas I want to do with it that I can't do just yet um, and I'll, I'll probably go into that in the podcast once I've done it. Um, yeah. However, I looked at my website and I thought, and I looked at other authors' website. I looked at your website. I looked at some of the authors we've had on the show's website. And I just, I turned to someone, you know what? My website looks like it was made four years ago 
by someone who probably only had a couple of hours one evening to make a website right. um which is the case <laughs> so i was like i'm just gonna take a couple of days off and of writing and i'm just gonna uh sit and just get my head down into rebuild redoing the website so it looks a lot neater looks a lot slicker now and um right yeah we'll go from there anyway how how's your week been um, very good. So I am in the process of uh, writing wise, redrafting this novella. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like that part of it because you're, you're not turning up uh, in the morning at a blank page, if you know what I mean. So you've, yeah. you've always got material to work on. So I, I think I thrive. I think it's my favorite part of the process is the redrafting. Oh, lovely. So I'll do that. Uh, I've been doing that this week. I'll I'll give it another redraft or another couple of redrafts next week, and then it'll be off to editors um, ahead of a release date, which is May the third. Lovely. So I'm about four weeks from releasing that novella, and I've also spent the week apart from redrafting that, um, stoking up a little bit of interest in it through putting out teasers on social media to my readers and and stuff like that. I and saw sharing... the cover sharing the cover yes that looked great it's a little bit sort of striking i like the red in it but um what i love more often than not about my covers and we've spoken about this at length on the podcast is that it they're very much branded aren't they yeah when you look at it you know it's a david beeline's cover yeah i would Um, i would recommend now for our listeners to go to your amazon um author page I'm not telling them to buy your books. Um, Please buy say, my books. Yeah, David's begging <laughs> you to buy his books. Um, but if you go to his author page and you can just see the strip of books that the person has available, and you can see that is that one up? Is that one up for pre-order yet? It is. Yeah, just went up. Yeah, so if it's yeah, up for pre-order, you'll be able to see it there. But you, can, if you can just see the branding on your books again, like you said, you can tell they're your books and the, the continuity through the design. Yeah. What's it, it's what, what happened next, isn't it? Whatever happened next, whatever yeah, happened which, next. And it's so yeah. striking. So yeah, I would, if, if our listeners haven't seen, it, if they don't follow you on social media, David, they should, and <laughs> they should go and check that out. Cause I think it looks great. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah. It's um, yeah. I, I like the covers of my books cause they, they do essentially, it does say on the tin what's inside, if you know what I mean, which is always key in a book cover. And I also like the fact that there's continuity throughout them. Um, it's it's branding in action, which we, we've spoken about in depth. So, yeah, I'm happy with the book cover and everything is set up now, uh, ready to go. I've been working on my front and back matter and sort of some copy for some advertising I'm going to run. So I'm, I'm, I'm all setting myself up ready to go in, in about four weeks time. Okay, Robert, that takes us to this week's main talking point. Mm. Now, over the past couple of weeks, myself and yourself have been trying to give our readers some insight into how we market our books. So two weeks ago, we did a deep dive into Facebook ads. Yeah. Last week in episode 24, we went into Amazon ads. Well, we stumbled. We stumbled into Amazon ads. We stumbled through (laughs) Amazon ads, yes. Less confidently than episode 23. Um, But this one, episode 25, we're going to go into alternative marketing. So a deep dive into marketing that is not those two main platforms that you will have tried and tested, I'm sure, as an independent author. Yeah. So, Robert, I mean... There are there are multiple marketing techniques that people use for an array of different industries and sectors, mm-hmm. um, but we're going to narrow this obviously directly to selling books in the modern age. So of course, if if somebody's going to say to me, "How do you market your books?" I'll, Facebook and Amazon will come off the top of my head. But what are the other outlets or areas that we can market in? So I think you know that there. I think we've covered the main two. I think yeah. any indie author probably one that's doing it full time or earning a decent um, like uh, money from their books would be all over Facebook ads and Amazon ads. I think that's I'd they be shocked be. if they, yeah they should be. If they're not, then they're doing something incredible or something really out of the box, like uh, Claire Claire Riley with Goodreads or something like that. Like, yes, um, yeah. And um, I don't think we we can only really talk about the ones. That we've done because that's the 
the whole theme of this podcast is we only talk about our experiences with stuff so i I can't really offer anything on on things we haven't done yeah so true um so i guess the the biggest one would be your mailing list i would i would put that up there with facebook ads and amazon ads yeah and some authors won't understand that collating an email list is a key Mm. key ingredient in marketing but email lists yet probably just as important as the two main platforms we discussed over the past fortnight and and if you want to know more about that importance of what david just said there i do this every week now i keep referencing back to other episodes um (laughs) however episode 22 we actually dedicated two mailing lists and how we go about collating them and why they're important so i don't think we need to go over it again today no we we could just re-establish that the reason an email list is so important over perhaps even facebook and amazon is because you personally own the data so that's why that's key yeah and and they don't take long to set up and they don't cost money to have until you've got enough people on it that it's worth paying that money if that makes sense yes um so it kind of pays for itself so i'd say number one would be emailing list and if you want to know a lot more about it more in depth of how we view it and how we go about it then i definitely go back and listen to episode 22 um the other one the next one up i would i would do if i was making this list which we did make this list to be fair um <laughs> would be bookbub and then other discount um sites yeah so good point so for for those who don't know what bookbub is um i imagine the majority of our listeners do but if you don't it is a website where they basically built mailing lists over the years and what they do is they send out an email every day to the people on their mailing list showing them which books are discounted Mm-hmm. So if you're a fan of, say, crime thrillers, you could sign up to the BookBub crime thriller list and every day you'll get an email with these books are discounted in the genre that you like. Yes. Um, what that then allowed them to do, and it's genius. I think BookBub one of the most genius um, things in the indie author world, like the people who yeah. run it. They then offer the slots on that email list to authors at a premium price. And that's what we yeah. call a featured deal, which we've spoke about. I've spoke about it in the intro. I had one of these. Yes, you had one this week. I, yeah. I had one this week. Um, if you get an international one, which goes across all the countries they they go to, they're usually really profitable, really profitable because you pay, you know, you can pay an ex- excess to around a thousand pounds nearly, but you yeah. make that back and then you get the read through as well. So they, they're usually mm-hmm. really beneficial. So, that's what BookBub is. Again, it's free for authors to join up. Um, yeah, you can actually go on their website if you Google BookBub feature deals. They have a, a grid that will t- will then one side will detail all the different genres. So mm-hmm. you look for your genre, and then to the side of that grid, it will tell you how much it will, co- how many emails, for, or yeah, how, how many, many, how, many they, how many followers are on that email list that your book will be sent out to how much it will cost you, and it will even tell you a an expected number of downloads or sales mm. you're likely to have from that. Now, the, the thing that's worth noting there, and this is where we come into the other part of BookBub, is they only send out discounted books. So it's books that yeah. are in a deal. So what you do is when you get one of these deals is you tie it up with like an Amazon countdown deal. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're in KU, I don't know if you can do that if you're wide, um, because you have to discount your book down. So yeah. you're not going to be getting, you know, 400,000 people who want crime thrillers looking at your book at full price. It's not yeah. going to happen. So that's why they can be beneficial in the long run, because obviously you have to discount your book. So all the sales you make aren't at full price. Yeah. Now, the other side of BookBub that I find wildly frustrating and I've never been able to get working is BookBub ads. So... This is another advertising platform that makes sense to me that it should be one of the biggest tools in my um, my toolbox as an indie author. But yeah. essentially at the bottom of those emails, you can pay to have an ad go out, like a, like a Facebook ad essentially, like a nice image, a little bit of copy on the image with a buy now button. Yeah. However, I've never, even at a discounted book price, I've never really been able to get bookbub ads to work 
I don't know if you have. No, well, very early on, uh, I spoke to Adam Croft. Um, Adam, we need to get on the show, actually. He's yeah. a very successful independent author, and he's been a bit of a, a mentor to both myself and yourself over mm. the years, Rob. Um, I asked him about book bull bads. I says, oh, but Adam, I don't want to, I don't want to sell books at 99p or even 199. And I think that's what BookBub is all about. People are looking for the discounts. And he said, no, he says, I can sell books at ebooks at 499 or 599. And I said, okay, I'll give it a go. So I set up my first BookBub ad and left it running, came back to a 24 hours and realized I had spent a hundred pounds and it hadn't sold any books. <laughs> I was like, oh shit, this is not what I want. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, stop this ad, stop it, stop it. So I managed to stop the ad, but because I got burned by it. And at that stage, spending a hundred pounds on an ad was a huge deal for mm. me because I was only starting out. And um, because I got burned by that, I haven't, I haven't tested it again, but I just don't believe the way I price my books that I am a book bub advertising type of author no and i i think it's similar to like when we say about free books is Mm. is the market people who go after free books are people who want free books so if you're trying to sell if people sign up to a discounted book email and at the bottom of that email there's an advert for full price book it's the wrong audience i think but there's got to be a knack to it i remember i did um that it it's day Dave Gochran, is that how you pronounce it? I think. Gochran, yeah, yeah. Gochran, yeah. Um, he's a very, very knowledgeable person. I think if if you haven't, if you're not following David Gochran, you definitely should. Uh, yeah. I think I read he. I think he did a book on book bub ads. He a did a few yes, years yeah. ago, and I, I gave That's it a right. go at the time. And his whole method of doing it was: you didn't go for clicks; you did it for impressions or something like that. But because the email goes out throughout the day, because there's different time zones. You can essentially like yeah. run this ad and then like 10 minutes later, you've spent your budget. It was one of the most insane things. It was like trying yeah. to work out a click through rate and stuff. And I failed miserably. But again, mm-hmm. that so I would say BookBub feature deal internationally. So that's where you've got the UK, US, Australia. They're very beneficial. I think yeah. they they should be things you should be applying for all the time. Yes. Um, I do. Um, the ad platform on BookBub I found it to be nothing but a money hole. Like, um, yeah. and... that's interesting that we've both had the same experience. There. I do want, there has to be authors out there who are making BookBub ads a success. Now, not the feature deals, the ads. So if you are, let us know. Yeah. We, we actually, we'd like to invite you on the show to, to talk about it in detail. Absolutely. Um, but sorry, yeah, go ahead, Rod. And then I was saying, and then there's like some other discount sites like Fussy Librarian, um, Yes. hello this. books hello books a lot of them do again they're like either free books or discounted books yeah um they're like book bubs little brother and sister aren't they they're yeah. discount sites who will send uh, an email out to thousands of, of subscribers yeah so again it's all paid for marketing um i've been wide before and i've had like fussy librarians and there's other ones as well um i've never seen a massive uh uptake from them if i'm honest yeah um but but they are yeah. out there and again like david what do you always say test 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 exactly so if you haven't done them they're worth doing those ones aren't Absolutely. a lot of money they're like 50 quid um yeah to try even them. less you can get the, you can get them for 20 dollars, which will send your book out to maybe two or three thousand people with the hope that a few hundred will will buy the book i tend to take those discount sites or, or take a space an advertising space on their emails when i land the book bub mm. so that i have like three or four days yeah, where stack I'm on them up. three or four stack them up yeah, yeah i stacked up on about three or four email uh newsletters that my book goes out and discounted i think my problem with these are and i don't think it's going to necessarily it would be a problem for you robert but because i write in standalones mm. that if i discount a book from 5.99 to 99p to go out on these discount sites yeah, I might make my money back on the day, but I rarely see great read through because right. people who are buying a book at 99p are not going to say, oh, I'll try the other one at 599 They're, mm. they're on these discount sites for a reason because they're, they're buying 99p books every day Yeah, when they get these. But whereas your your books tend to lead, leave teasers into the next book, into the next book, you write brilliantly in series. So you should perhaps see much more read through than I would see from these discount sites. Yeah. Um. 
but again, I think people should definitely try them out if you haven't done them. Definitely go after them. Oh, absolutely um, go after them. Yeah. So, so that's that's probably the next biggest one after your emailing list. We haven't been into the other one is just basic social media activity, and this is something, David, that I I probably ha- ne- I discounted until yeah. I'd say quite recently. Quite recently, I'd say definitely since I went full time, but mm-hmm. even then, I'd say more this year that I've now started interacting on a daily basis with my Facebook page more than my group, funny enough, because that's the the consensus now is you give it you put it in your group because more people see it than people on your following your page. Right. Um based on like Facebook's way of working and making your stuff visible. But I I now get so much interaction on most of the stuff I post on my Facebook group. Great. Um, and it's a. It's good for the ego. <laughs> let's be honest. Like it's good to see. Yeah. I feel these people are following. They 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 care. But when I put something interesting up, I say interesting. Like I could do a post something like, "Oh, I'm going to the football tonight," or "I took an I've taken Olivia to this today," or something. Just just share something like that, and you get a load of yeah, likes. Yeah, something personal. Yeah. But then when you put something up there saying, "New book coming out." boom it just fills up with comments it fills up with this so many people saying pre-ordered 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 and i can see like now the growth of my followers has gone up two three hundred this year already great which considering i never touched it before i'm quite i'm quite pleased about so i'd say you know i'm I'm probably more prominent on facebook than i am i'm not even on twitter anymore i left that place because it's just a cesspool me too yeah instagram i post up similar stuff to that i post on facebook right. and i'm tempted to dabble with tip top tick tip top tip top okay granddad tip top um what is this tip top um so i think like those those things are they can be useful it can be good to, to cultivate that kind of following Oh, it um, makes total media. sense to cultivate that following. It really, yeah. it genuinely does. And if you're collating an email list, which you should be, and if you aren't, let's get that back matter, back matter updated mm-hmm. and, and start collating emails. Well, what I tend to do, Rob, is I tend to always link in my emails back to my Facebook page. Yeah, same. I want people to be clicking onto it quite often because that's where I can, I can very often, even daily as you are now, post up pictures it, it could be something personal it could be i'm working out of this cafe today and taking a picture of the cafe and me working Um, it could be a picture of my daughter mm-hmm. as in we're on a day out it could be personable and uh, mostly it's to do with work so you know sharing book covers or maybe even a snippet of what you're working on that day Um, i, I like to stroke the ego a little bit so i might share a great um review when it comes in uh, sort of stuff like that but I, I will so Robert initially was ignoring social media then he went on to it and saw the benefit I was really good on social media from the outset and then I got a bit too big for my boots I, I, I was thinking uh, you know uh, any book I release will sell thousands now mm-hmm. um, I had gotten that confident about it and I sort of neglected my social media and I regret it uh, because it, it tends to dampen a lot a lot of fires that i had going on and then i really got back into my social media and you can see it and even for for that ego uh, for mental health it's just great to get comments now and then oh i can't wait for your new mm-hmm. book you know a, a comment like that can really sort of um motivate you for the day as well so it's great to collate your following um in, through email but drive them always towards your facebook because there you can share daily yeah drive but you don't drive them to you that's the that's yeah the big point and and that was that's a, such a good point and a perfect segue into the thing i wanted to just discuss about social media and that's yeah. my personal experience with blog tours so that's a, oh yes that's another thing and you know i'm, I'm not dismissing them i've seen people have a really good success but i okay i i, I can see the illusion of success through a blog tour because i don't get mm-hmm. to see the sales i don't get to see the behind the thing my personal experience of blog tours has always been it's more beneficial to the blogger yeah because most of the comments are like great review and the people are there for the blogger not for for you as an author for, yeah um again i think maybe when i did mine 
I, I I knew way less than I knew now. I probably pitched it to the wrong bloggers. So I had a right. different genre book to the blogger that it should go out to. So mm-hmm. again, it's not something I'm dismissing. I might try it again. Say if I start up a detective series, maybe I'll try a blog tour. Who knows? Yeah. Um, however, what I all I saw when I did the the blog tour was that there was a lot of um, social media activity for the blogger. They got the most of the um, what's the word I'm looking for? Engage. They got the engagement. Yeah. Um, whereas yeah. when you're focusing on yourself and your own social media, all of it comes to you, which sounds so like controlling and big headed, but as you're the author and this is your business, you want as much interaction and exposure Absolutely. for yourself than for the reviewing platform. That's just Absolutely. my view. So I think it's always something worth thinking about because, you know, someone could say to you, oh yeah, we'll, we'll get you on 20 blogs and that'll get you 15 reviews and you'll get five interviews with these bloggers. And that sounds amazing, especially when I was a new author. I was like, oh yeah. my God, what exposure. But the thing is, is if you're focusing on your own Facebook, I can get 50 reviews like that from my Facebook group. Yeah. Um, without having to write out answers to... But do you know what I mean? So it, it depends. It's the, it's the weighing up the the importance of the ego side of it to, yeah. to the benefit that you get out of it. Yeah, which is probably um, th- the balance that will always exist when it comes to marketing, isn't it? Yeah. The ego versus the actual usefulness um, in terms of, of sales. So with blog tours, I um, echo your sentiments. Uh, I think I would be very interested in getting a hundred authors together and asking them about blog tours. Mm. I, I'm sure me and you agree, but I'm sure we would get um, a range of experiences about blog tours. Uh, I have used them in the past. I continue to use them on a new release every now and then mm. simply because I like to take the pull quotes from the reviews yeah. and use them in my own marketing. But oh. I don't believe that the pull quote or the, sorry, I don't believe that the blog tour reviews will in any way enhance the sales of yeah, my books. Yeah. I, and, and just, just to, before we draw a line on the blog tour, I don't think I think every blogger is exceptional. Like they're yes, they're so, thank you for such, your work in the space. Yeah, yeah absolutely. They're lovely. They're so lovely, um, and you know they do it from from a really good point. Like they come from a really good angle. They don't. They're not trying to you know ex- um, take advantage of an author or anything like that. Yeah. My only absolutely. view on it is that it's more beneficial to them. They're the ones who get the engagement when you're the one who wants the engagement. So yeah, that's more my views. Are. It's, it's, I um, agree. Yeah, really I good. agree. Um, it's, it's actually, it's, it's, it's a new media sort of marketing, isn't it? Blog tours, people who have their own websites and who want to read lots of books and now they're getting to read the books for free mm-hmm. and putting uh, reviews online and we can, take the pull quotes out of them and use them for our own marketing so that's 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 a new media way of marketing it's not recommended by me and rob but we would um uh, suggest you to test it out uh, but what about old media rob traditional media Um, so 15 20 30 years ago the only means of marketing i mean there was no book bub, there was no um blog tours there was no email lists there was no social media activity. There wasn't Facebook ads or Amazon ads. So people had to market in traditional means, which is, you know, newspapers, radio, television, local media, um, book uh, bus stops, you know, <laughs> you'd have, you'd have a, you'd often see a, a book advertised at a bus stop. Um, how significant a day in the modern age? Um, I've never done any of them. So, <laughs> I well, that probably that probably says it all, then, but, doesn't it? Really. But, but that's the thing is, is it's 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 not thirty years ago anymore. Exactly. Most most people are head down on their phone. Um, most people are tuned into social media, and, and that's the thing. You know, you you can go one step further with ads, can't you? Like you can you can pay for the ads that pop up in other websites. You know, Google yeah. sell that marketing i i get it from some authors that are in my circles i'll go on a website and one of the little advertising boxes that the website sold obviously because that's the way they generate revenue is being paid for by that person who's obviously doing it through their google ads account so yeah. you know um i i just i don't think they're as per i i believe all of those old traditional means nowadays 
would more be of benefit to the ego. Like if yeah. I went on on my local radio and had a chat about books, I, I doubt it will make me loads of sales. You probably get two sales. Yeah, but I've been on there and I can say, oh look, I spoke on here as an author and all that stuff. So uh, for me, I think they were traditional back then, but I'd say nowadays it's a digital world and digital marketing is now the the, the way to advertise. Yeah. Yeah, the tra- traditional means or old media, as they call it, is called old media mm-hmm. for a reason. And I, I can speak from experience there because because I worked in old media. I was a newspaper journalist for 15, 16 years. Um, when my first book came out, I got a lot of old media because I, I called on some friends for some favors. And I appeared in newspapers and on radio stations. Didn't make any difference to sales i even had double page spreads in newspapers and there's a very um specific reason why one if somebody opens um a copy of the independent tomorrow and they see me in it plugging my book they think oh that's 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 cool and then they flip to the next page and they keep going on and on in the newspaper whereas yes in new media which is you know advertising through facebook and these social media platforms and other means Rob and I have spoken about over the past 20 minutes. What you're doing there is you are specifically marketing your book to people you know like the books that you are writing. Mm-hmm. Whereas in traditional media, you don't know who's watching or reading the advert or the article that you're in. And and, and, and it's in new media, all they have to do to buy your book is press a button. That's it. That's touch, the main thing. Touch their finger off the screen and they're brought into the Amazon page and then press it again and then suddenly the book is downloaded or the paperback is reading it from Amazon. Mm-hmm. Whereas in a newspaper or on a radio or a TV show, again, as Robert said, it works well for the ego, but it will not work for sales because what did that, that person do? They have to go, oh, I like this Robert Enright guy. I've just read this feature on him. Um, I'll go into Waterstones to see if his book is there. You go dig into Waterstones. Oh, it's not there. Oh, you have to order in. It's going to take three weeks. Oh, maybe I should buy it online. And they have to go home, get onto their laptop, load up Amazon, find the book, search. You know, it's there's so many steps to go through. Yeah. Whereas if we are advertising straight into the pocket, and I mean into the mobile phone, um, into social media channels, our books, but then all somebody has to do is touch the screen and they can download our book straight away. And they are a hot audience as well because you're specifically targeting people who own Kindles, mm-hmm. who like Jack Reacher, who are interested in thriller books. You know, you're, you're bullseyeing your audience, whereas with traditional media, it, it could be an, uh, it's such a loose audience. Yeah, and it's it's A, not your audience. And it's such an archaic way of doing it because we now yeah. live in a world where you can, you know, I say you can order food in, like to your house. Obviously, you could always do that. But you got like Uber Eats. But now you can, you know, you can send someone to the shop to get you toothpaste, and they'll bring it to you within an hour. Like, yeah. so if that's the world we live in, like people aren't going to want to wait weeks to get, but or have to go back and remember the name. They click, 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 reading. That's how it is. Like, yeah, that, that's why it's digital. So, yeah, I say that. So, um, old media for the ego, mm-hmm. new media for sales. How mm-hmm. about we come up with that uh, little slogan? There you go. I'll put on okay. a banner and I'll put it on Instagram. Put it on a banner and share it on our on, on our social media. Yeah. Um, is there anything else then, Rob? So let, let's go through that. So we've talked about email lists, very key, just as key as your Facebook and Amazon ads, BookBub and discount sites, your mm-hmm. social media activity. Again, that's something we would highly recommend. Traditional means, newspapers, radio, TV, local media. We don't recommend it. It is good for the ego and it's also good if you do appear on, in, say, the Irish Independent or on BBC Radio or something where you can go, Robert Enright, as seen on BBC. You know, it's good. A little, a nice little mm-hmm. sort of pull quote that you can take from that. Um, is there anything else that we, that, that we, or any other uh, means that we can market our books? The, the only last one I can think about, and it, it feeds into the last one, really, because I, I think it's more ego, is sort of like in-store or in-person events. Mm-hmm. So like um, doing a book signing in, in your local Waterstones or a local bookshop. Yeah. Or going to like an author event where you're sat behind a table. Now, yeah. I'm only saying that I, I don't think they're that beneficial because the only time I did them was back when I was very wet behind the ears and was sort of playing author as part from being one. Yes. So I wanted to do all this stuff and you know, I wanted to sit behind the table and I had a couple of quite you know, like soul destroying experiences where, like, you know, yeah. I'm thinking, oh, there's an author event and people don't know who I am, but they're going to flock in. 
Um, and then I've sort of just end up like one afternoon in a Waterstones in Uxbridge. You know, I had friends Sitting come there. by to see it. I've stood there by a desk with my book and I probably sold like seven or eight like paperbacks to people and I had a chat with yeah. them. But I, I came away from it thinking like I'm sort of standing there trying to flog my book. Like it didn't come across as like, oh yeah, come in and oh, I've bought so many books and they're running yeah. out because people are buying them. I'm always like begging people to buy them. I'm like, this isn't what I wanted to do. So again, I've had similar experiences. Yeah. yeah. So, but again, an author event, like I've been at an author events. Um, I've met some of the authors that have been on this show at author events. Um, and it's quite nice. You sit behind a table and readers come around, they talk to you and they might buy a book and you sign it and it, it feels great. But, you know, you, there's a cost for the table. There's a cost for all your printed books. There's a cost for getting there. There's a cost for if it's far away, you might have to stay overnight and you're planning on selling X amount of books to try and cover all those costs. Just to cover the costs is a lot of books. And then yeah. you're going to want to turn a profit. So, again, they're really fun. They're really good. They're good for the ego. I feel... For me personally, I've probably gotten beyond the point where I try to do much like that to saturate my ego. Um, yeah, me too. Yeah, the ego is is well satisfied now, mm. and I've had the same experience of you as you uh, in terms of in store uh, book signings. Whereas you know you'd, you'd be you'd sit there for the afternoon, uh, and you've gone to the expense as well, and you might sell. You said you sold eight. I remember specifically selling eleven books at a book signing. And then thinking, if I just ran a Facebook ad for a tenner, yeah, I'd, I, yeah, I, I'd sell, I'd sell double the amount of books easy while just sitting on my couch I think, watching Netflix. I think that's where it comes from. I, I, I say it quite a bit like the idea of playing author, or the idea of looking. It's like a business and making yes. the business decisions. So that'd yeah. be my view on them. Um, before we wrap this up, David, um, and conclude our trilogy on marketing. Are there any other ones you can think of that we might have just, just missed out on? Just a quick one, because we, we, we tend to uh, we uh, speak about selling Kindle versions of our books specifically. Mm. Uh, an awful lot of the uh, uh, platforms, myself and Rob have spoken about your, your, you know, your social media and your email lists and your book pubs and all. They tend to be driven mostly by Kindle sales. Mm -hmm. If you are interested in getting your books in stores or selling more paperbacks, Ingram Spark, a distributor, ah, yeah. you, you can you can sell through there. I tend to sell. Actually, funny enough, my In the Middle of America books, the America trilogy, they sell a lot through Ingram Spark. And my agent says it's it's because of the cover. Mm. He says the covers of those American books They're look great. like they should be in bookstores, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Whereas my others uh, book covers, even though it's similar in terms of its branding and stuff like that. They look, um, they look more like online books, if mm -hmm. that makes sense. Uh, so the Middle America books, they sell loads through Ingram Spark. Now, can you market through Ingram? That might be just lucky, uh, but you can market through Ingram Spark. So there's a magazine that they put out every month, where you can sort of pay about $120 or so to have your books included in that. And that magazine goes out to stores. Nice. Um, so it may work for you. It may not work for you. I think it's definitely worth the test. It kills for my Alex Ferguson book mm -hmm. again, but that's a book that looks like it should be in stores. If you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, so it works for that. So yeah, if you, if, if you want to sell more paperbacks and you want to sell them in store and let's not forget if you're selling paperbacks in store, you're making less money on them than you might be uh, when somebody downloads a Kindle for four ninety nine. But if you want that again, it could be an ego stroke, but it's also a marketing technique and selling books and getting more readers on board. Um, try out the Ingram Spark magazine. Just give it a test. See if it, it works out for you price-wise and see if you can get any benefit that way. David, it is now time for the mailbag. And this week's question was sent to us by Jake Warrington. Uh, he says, what are your best tips to beat procrastinating when writing a book? I have great ambition every day to write 2,000 words, but when I open my laptop, I manage to do anything but writing. Almost as if the thought of writing is better for me than the actual act of writing. Please help. Ooh. Tackle that. Well, Go you've, on. You, you've come to the right man, because I, I think I've said this on the podcast before. I am a world-class procrastinator. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I have had to um, 
sort of work on not being a world-class procrastinator so i have a couple of tips that i can share with jake um i well I, do you know what the main tip jake here is try to not sit down at a blank page mm. when you start every morning and i know that sounds silly because we all have to start at mm. a blank page and um, so make the starting process a blank page but thereafter you should never see another blank page again for this manuscript so that means that when you start chapter one and you think, oh, that's nice. That's a great day's work. I got 2,000 words down. That's a good chapter. Um, you would usually benefit, or I certainly benefit, from even writing the opening paragraph of chapter two. Mm, that's a great and that, tip. Do you know what it means? So then tomorrow, when I'm sitting down, it's not a blank page. I at least have the setting sort of drawn out. Mm. Or the, the opening part of dialogue. And I know tomorrow I'm just going to continue on from here. And I can get on to it. So, um. I know this sounds a bit stupid, Jake, but try not to sit down in front of a blank page all the time. Mm. The first time, blank page. But from then on, you at least have a paragraph or some bullet points or a bit of opening dialogue to work on the next time you sit down at your desk. Yeah, that's an excellent bit of advice. Really good. Um I'd look at it slightly different. I think I'm I'm not a procrastinator. I think we've been over this slightly. Yeah, you're so much more disciplined than I am when it comes um, to yeah tackling the art. Yeah, so I I think for me I will look at it and I think I, I think even episode one of this podcast I'm going to reference another episode. I said you know have you know one of the good <laughs> tips is like have a wee beforehand, and I think that all led into the idea of you shouldn't just be plonking yourself down in front of the laptop thinking right time to write. That's not how you're going. You should be going into it. So yeah. you should just be, before you've even sat down, you should have removed all those distractions. You should have gone to yeah. the toilet. You should have made yourself a tea. Um, turn your internet off if you find yourself your going. gone. Yeah, if you're yeah. going down YouTube rabbit holes, we all do it. Um, turn that off before you sit down. Dedicate it. Set a timer on your phone for half an hour and stick your phone on the other side of the room. And for that half hour, see how much you can write. Like, do those things. Um, because I I think... For me, there's a difference between being motivated to write and being inspired to write. Um, and I think yeah. people use those words like simultaneously but or interchangeably. But I think like you could be inspired. Like I said earlier, I've now got this idea for another series based on mm -hmm. something. That's an inspiration for something. That's not motivation yeah. to write another book. Um, and I think the best thing you can do is do all the tips. Definitely use David's tip about not starting on a blank page. Remove all those distractions and just keep doing that consistently because when you can write without feeling motivated to write, that's how you start building the consistency to write enough to finish a book. Because saying I've got to be motivated to do it is like a very fancy word for just stalling. <laughs> like for me, yeah, like so um, true, yeah. It, it's it's that point of view is like, oh, you know, yeah, you know, I'll write a thousand words then. Like, I'll make sure I get like a thousand words done, and then I'll sit and I'll do it, even if I'm not feeling perfect to do it. So, I think definitely take on some of those tips and see if you can get th those two thousand words written. Okay, Robert, it is now time for the seven questions and we have lined up a fantastic guest to be with us here today. Mary T. Bradford, thank you so much for joining us on the Two Indie Authors podcast. Thank you for having me, David and Robert. What about that accent, Robert, huh? <laughs> I know. I know. Just got just constant Irish authors on here. It's amazing. <laughs> I did oh. say earlier, we're, we're a nation of writers, Mary, aren't we? We are indeed. That's Readers and writers. A lot of other things. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yes, yes, we are. We're wonderful writers and storytellers. We are indeed, by nature, I think. Um, so, Mary, tell us about your writing and storytelling. What are the genre of books you've been writing in? Oh, David, I am <laughs> one, one of those authors that... Um, I, I started off with contemporary, you know, usual, uh, everyday life. I love writing about families and relationships. That mm, yeah. is a lot of my writing. And I write in contemporary times. Um, but having said that, I love the challenge of other genres. And mm -hmm. I was given that challenge um, to write adult romance, erotic stories. And I took it. So I have novellas out in that. 
and I, I really enjoyed it. And then I was asked to write westerns. So I have written some westerns as well. And they're Brilliant. out and about. Um, but mainly I would be contemporary because um, that's, that's what I enjoy. I've enjoyed them all, but I'll never say no to a challenge in the writing if I'm offered it and said, look, could you do this? And I think that's important for writers, actually. You don't yeah. challenge yourself, get out of your comfort mm -hmm. zone. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm mainly contemporary, but I'll dabble in others. Very good. That sounds exciting. So um, books such as To Live With a Stranger, and then there's books called Once Upon a Weekend, Destiny, and then The Runaway is your Western book. Destiny and The Runaway are my two Westerns. Fantastic. Once Upon a Weekend and One Night in Barcelona, yes. there is the adult romance. Great title. And then I have um, To Live With a Stranger is my latest novel. It's the out in 21 and before that i have a trilogy which started off as one book but ended up being a trilogy and that was my husband's sin yes don't call me mom and no more secrets that's the lacy taylor story lovely they're all up there they're all on amazon do check them out mm -hmm. so let's see how you've been running your author business to try and maximize sales of those <laughs> books by facing the seven questions. What do you think, okay. Rob? I think we should definitely get started. And I will go first, Mary, with question number one, okay, which is, Robert. are you are you a full-time author? Yes. Fantastic. <laughs> nice. I am. Yes, I am. Um, I'm in the best position that I can write full-time. That's And fantastic. I say that in that um, I was a stay-at-home mum. Yep. And I, so I used to write when I was at a stay-at-home mom. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. um, I just have continued doing that. So, yes, I consider myself full-time. Congratulations, fantastic. Mary. Well done. The books look fantastic. Um, question two, then, is sort of about your mindset and, and decisions you've made to publish your books. Have you decided to go wide or exclusive with Amazon with your eBooks? Um. Well, my path to publication, David, and I promise I'll try and keep it brief, uh, is I when I started out writing first with my first novel, uh, My Husband's In, that was taken by um, a digital company, publisher. You're in okay. Ireland, Tergear, T-I-R-G-E-A-R-R, Tergear yeah. Publishing, and um, that got me on the road to publication. And they had my my ebook. They publish ebook first, and they had it on all um, sites, Amazon, yeah. Google, and all those. And then, um, because it was successful, it came out as a paperback for them. And uh, since I've started publishing myself, I've kept it just to Amazon. Yeah. yeah. Does that make sense? It makes so much sense. And myself and Rob have done the same thing, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, our yes. toes in in going across the other platforms, but yeah. it's just it's the business choice you have to make of the kind of reward to the amount of effort and and yeah. things like that. Yeah. Especially when yeah, you know, a lot of people aren't in the positions we're in where we can do it full time. When you've only got a small amount of time, yes. trying to do it on one platform is a big enough task, yes. isn't it? So yeah. yeah, and I find Amazon easy to upload my my manuscripts yeah. to. Yes, it's, it's very user friendly. Yeah, mm. so I'm. Like my fix this example, as they say. Absolutely. And it's been good to me. Yeah, fantastic. Um, so now, now we yeah we've got under the hood. I'm going to go to question three, mm -hmm. and that is name the one service you use as an indie author that you cannot do without. Uh, my what? An editor, the best editor you can get. Fantastic. Great, great answer. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, the best editor you can get. Everything else. You can learn uh, about, you know, uploading the books, or you can get, um, you can do courses for social media, etc. But when it comes to editing your book, you need a professional. You need the person that's once removed from the manuscript, that mm -hmm. is not emotionally involved, and you need an honest editor. And that's I wouldn't give up my editor for anything. That's a brilliant answer. Fantastic yeah. answer. We had uh, my editor on the show. 
10 episodes ago or something like that mm-hmm. and i swear by my editor i mean the exact same thing as you said there in yeah. regards to someone outside of it someone who will tell you the truth things like yeah. that. It's so it's absolutely crucial yeah. it really is yeah yeah, yeah. and when, when you use the same editor over and over you know you become even though you become great friends that professionalism is always there mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me guys that professionalism is always there when it comes to your work you know so mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and that consistency yeah yeah, it's a key cog. We have preached about that. The the need for a really solid professional editor is so key in order to make your books appear professional. Mm-hmm. Um, whether you're doing the, whether you're writing your first or your seventh. Um, so question number four then is I think the question that most of our listeners uh, need answering. Uh, how do you market your books, Mary? I market my books mainly through Facebook. I'm, I'm, tr- I'm on all the social medias, the Twitter, the um, Facebook, the Instagram, et cetera, et cetera, Goodreads, et cetera. I'm not the most disciplined person when it comes to promoting. Mm. Now, I was at the start, and it's because I was with Terry Gare when my first book came out, and they were an excellent company to work with. Ken was a lovely person. And would, under um, how do I say it? When, when, when they were, they showed the faith in me, so I felt I owed it back to them to do as much publication as I can. Now, mm-hmm. if they are not, sorry, publication, promotion. And I would be up until two o'clock in the morning on Facebook, and then I'd get back up again at six. So I was catching all the different time zones, oh, and I was right. interacting with people in different time zones about my books and that really paid off and facebook would be the main one that i would be on um i'm I'm not very disciplined as i say when it comes to going into goodreads um i skim through twitter i've now started instagram because you're told you should be on instagram (laughs) yeah and then um i when my books come out i just i do local I, i go around my local areas and um, I get involved in my local community as regards newspapers and etc. and things like that. And that has been very, very successful for me. And I would recommend to people not to forget their local area, their local newspaper newsletters, um, local radio, because mm-hmm. they're always they're always looking for some news. They they're looking for content as well. Yes. And you know, you can work with each other. And I have great support locally. In, in those areas. So for my immediate um, people that I am very aware of my audience, and a lot of them would not be on Amazon, so they would not be computer um, savvy. Yeah. Um, no disrespect to that, but they want the physical book in their hands. Mary, where can I get it? So authors should not get that aspect as well if they're, um, when they're publishing. Writers, rather, they should remember the local. Uh, but mainly, my my marketing is Facebook, and I have found this to be the test of time. Brilliant, fantastic answer there. Yeah, you're dead right. We we just um, discussed marketing over the past half an hour, and we, we do know an author, Robert and I, Adam Croft, who has taken what you've just suggested, Mary, on board in using the local his local bookshop and and because his book was set in the area it exploded he, he ended up selling uh, hundreds of thousands of books and wow. um, just from the seed of of starting with the local community and then branching out yeah, and it, and it, it really worked for him it, it's it's marvelous David if you have a local uh, connection but um, whereas I haven't and my books are set in Dublin Chester um, wherever oh, in right. England um, but what I'm saying when I say local, um, not to forget, and this it sounds strange, but do you know the, um, the garages that have the, do you know what you, what are they called there? Like, oh, oh gosh, do you know the Obama Plaza, David? Um, oh, yes. Those type of garages. Yeah. yeah, and stop off places. And even your local garages and your local centres and your local super values in Ireland and all that. They have shown me wonderful support, and they're the places where you sell most because Lovely. people are browsing, doing their shopping, or 
we rented them. I went into um, my local centres that had a garage, and Mother's Day was coming up, and I asked them, would they mind um, stocking Stocking. my book as a Mother's Day gift? They were delighted because they were looking for something to promote Mother's Day, and it, it suited so I might not be making sense, but like, don't, no, no, don't, don't dismiss, don't just stick to bookshops, is what I'm trying to say. What, yeah. Go into other shops, go into other places. Great people, tip, Mary. You know, and really, it's it's wonderful. It's a yeah. really fascinating answer because, like David said, we were speaking about marketing earlier, mm. and we actually had on our list of like, oh, like local areas and, and like radio and stuff. And I couldn't answer because I, like, I haven't done any of that because I'm mm. purely almost like 95% digital focus yeah. of what i do so you've just you've just provided our listeners with a, a really good answer that we yeah. couldn't have done earlier yeah. so thank well, you for that That's and i'm one of those listeners i'm inspired now to actually mm. go to some of my local stores and see if they'll stock my oh, books they are they're marvelous and yeah. especially if if um you know some of the people involved yeah uh, in your local shops the managers or whatever and it's it's like sending an email there's no harm in it all they can say is no great point uh, absolutely you know? all they can say is no it's such a mm-hmm. such a valuable uh, piece of advice there yeah um, Just, as i say not not fit folks on a bookshop look mm, elsewhere yeah yeah brilliant um so well thank you thank you for that so question five is what's the one thing you know now that you wish you knew from the outset regarding writing right from self-publish in in the world of self-publishing what's the in one the thing you know now publishing don't get overwhelmed yeah don't yeah. let it get inside your head i haven't done a b or c today mm-hmm. um it's okay to take a day off it's it's okay to relax maybe take two days off or whatever and get back into it pace yourself great advice pace yourself that's, yeah that's what i would think Mary... I, I i used to get panicky now i don't Mary, I see it all the time. Um, they they think the mountain of self-publishing standing in front of them is way too tall, that they'll never scale it. And in fact, the group I found you in, um, lovely Sharon's group, I, I see it all the time that they, they, they get overwhelmed, don't they, by the thoughts of, yeah. of self-publishing and that the mountain yes. is way too high to climb. Yes. And I yes. really just want to say to them the advice you've just given, no, take it one day at a time, take a small step and then keep climbing upwards. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, That's great piece of advice. Um, which brings us on to question six. We're get, we're we're getting there quick. Um, what is the biggest frustration for you, Mary, as an independent author? It's the marketing. Yeah, it's yeah. the marketing, yeah. and um, also it's the distribution of getting your paperbacks out there. Mm. It's it's very very hard i um i personally feel it's sewn up for the want of a better word yeah and yeah that self-publishers are up against the, the the traditional publishers and um i think when you go into bookshops and you see this week's bestseller and, <laughs> excuse me that's it when you go into the bookshops and you see a table full of this week's bestseller and the this week's bestseller isn't bestseller. It's because it's been bought by a traditional publishers, you know, yeah. they pay for these spots, which mm-hmm. is all news to me. And uh, I think, I think the marketing and distribution is is the, is the hardest thing for me. Um, definitely, as an individual. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's 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 a, a common one. And what you said there is 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 bang on the money because it is sewn up like to an extent unless you're you know shifting millions as an yes, indie author yes. sorry um, yeah, i'm speaking it, about it, a small author but, like but it makes sense mm-hmm. like I, I i i struggle to get my books into into shops um and things like that mm-hmm. but it's because you know traditional publishers are there where the, mm-hmm. were the gatekeepers before but you know yes. you've got authors such as us who are doing it without them mm-hmm. and you know, a lot of us do them f- f- through like, online stores, which then impacts the bookshops. So the bookshops will go to the ones who are going to do it. Uh, but I remember my publisher when I had him tell me the Richard and Judy book club sticker. 
Yeah. I don't know if they're still relevant, but this we're talking like seven, eight years ago. That was yeah. like ten grand you'd pay to get that sticker put on your book. Yeah. And like I know for a fact from people who work in bookshops, you know the way like uh, some of the books are spine facing, and then you'll have the odd book that's front facing. Publishers pay more to have that book front facing. So yeah. they can't they can't just pick and choose which book goes front facing and stuff like that. It's mad. Like well, that, I've even heard it. that in bookstores, you know, the way they'll have a chart one to ten. Yeah, yeah. That the publishers are actually paying for that number one well, spot. That's, that's, that's yeah. not the number yeah. one selling yeah. book in the in, in no, the store. No, it's it's no, they're paying for that no. type of marketing. That, yeah, that, that was the most uh, surprising thing to me mm-hmm. as an author. Yeah, um, I like before I I started writing books, I would believe when I went into the shop be it whatever main booksellers we have here and see that and go oh wow let's get that that must be good it's still yeah it's number one yeah it's all paid for it's all paid for and when you have the backing of a big publisher or whatever behind you that that's well look we we all um are struggling when it comes to cash for for promotion Mm -hmm. yeah you know you really are up against it you are. So that's why it's always worth um, asking the people who work there what book they'd recommend. Yeah. Because yeah. the amount of times I've had a good book given to me by someone working in a shop because I've said, what mm-hmm. are you reading at the moment? And they'll mm-hmm. tell me. And then it turns out it's fantastic. Or you find yes. the little cards where it's like the staff's pick or something like that. Like, and yeah. they, yeah. Yeah. That's, right. yeah. that's, more, yeah. that's more legit yeah. than the book that's number one. Yeah. Because yeah. absolutely. You know, anyway, um, but I, I, I share your frustration on that one massively. Yeah, me too. Ditto. Um, <laughs> Herbie, you've um you've given some really really good advice uh this whole this whole seven questions mary which has been brilliant however good. final question you've made it through what would be the one piece of advice you would pass on to our listeners don't give up believe in yourself mm. believe in your writing yeah if you've gone to the trouble of paying for a, an excellent editor Mm-hmm. cover designer you put the time into writing your manuscript and you believe in it others will too and mm-hmm. don't don't give up when it comes to being an indie author make connections don't stay on your own get involved in groups writing groups authors groups um look for novel ways of getting your name out there like i'm so blessed that she invited me on here this morning that's wonderful, thank you, and I'm grateful for that. And um, I would say, yeah, don't don't lock yourself away. Get involved with other writers and because it's one thing about the writing community; they're all willing to help each other out. I yes. must say, I have never found anyone that is not willing to give advice or share something, a tip they know. Like I, I have. Um, I have done so, and I have received it in abundance as well. So I don't yeah. know if that's any help to anyone. Oh, it's it's wonderful help, Mary. Fantastic answers, and uh, particularly your last answer, um, which ties in with the answer to the fourth question, um, where you were talking about authors feeling overwhelmed. You're right. We do call this independent work, but there's such a great community mm of like-minded authors who are willing, like, which is why we set up this podcast and why we get great guests like you on is we're all willing to help each other and support each other. And, and yeah. I, I totally agree with you. It's a yeah. great community. And when you get involved, if you can find, I have some great writing friends and the days that I feel I'm lacking motivation, or, oh gosh, will this, this story ever finish up the right way? Yeah. When you talk with other writers, you get that buzz back again. Yeah. And, yeah. But yeah, I get I, I, I get that now. I I must do this because and if that's what you need, it is as you say, it's independent, it's isolation. Yeah. And I don't mean that when you you know you're locked into a little room, you see no one. I find <laughs> going to my library, my local library, I was there for ten years every morning and it was just wonderful. Like going to the office. Yeah. I was seeing people, I was out in the community and I would say, Yeah, I would think don't knock yourself away, get involved. And, um, yeah, yeah, definitely support each other. Fantastic advice. Mary T. Bradford, thank you so, so much uh, for joining us here this morning. Please check out our books on Amazon. We're very grateful to have you as a key cog in the indoor community, and please stay in touch. Thank you.
both David and Robert for this. I've thoroughly enjoyed it and I appreciate your support. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much. Take care. Bye-bye. David, another seven questions and the lovely Mary there. Yes, I, I think I said this in the podcast for all Irish people, you know, they're just <laughs> that uh, extra bit special. Um, they really, I can't believe we're at the end of another show, Rob. They just seem to be flying in. That's episode 25 in the can now. Yeah, technically next week will be half a year's worth of shows. Wow. Yeah, that's so true. Mm. Maybe we should do something special. Have, yes. a, have a cake. Uh, well, that, that'll be good for our uh, listeners to, to hear yeah, us, to hear cake. us yeah. munching on cake yeah, um, on the microphone. But yeah, uh, Mary, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. You're a superstar. Uh, and thank you, Rob, again. Thank you for being with me for half a year now. Oh, you're more than welcome. Um, before I let you go, uh, what have mm. you got planned for next week, David? Uh, it's more sort of teasing out the... Uh, sequel novella that I will be releasing in four weeks so a little bit more of that and and just refining the copy on it so it's probably my favorite part of all of the process mm-hmm. uh, so I'm looking forward to that over the next seven days or so um, it, actually I'll be taking a break because it's Easter as well mm-hmm. so I won't be I won't be working uh, so full on uh, what about you Rob what have you got planned for the next few days um, I am off to see my dad up in Lowestoft over Easter which would be mm, nice, nice. And then when we're back working after the Easter holiday, I'm going to do a bit of writing and I'm hopefully going to finish off my website and I'll be able to tell you a bit more about it. Dum 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 d